You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here, and we've reached that point where uh, every every show we get from here on out is it's like bonus, right? Yes. Like bonus football means bonus shows, so and we'll take it. We are guaranteed to at least go one more week thanks to the Wilson victory yeah, Friday we are not night done tonight. Friday night in York. No, this is episode 16 of our 7th season and we are guaranteed 17 episodes. We'll be back next Sunday, same time, same places. I look back, I'm like, man, how did we used to recap two shows and do a preview of well, like the first or, year sorry, we two did games three or that. four games right, right at like, a time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, you know, we're watching it every time. It's like, oh, it's like 9.05. We should probably start wrapping up what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, it's it's great. And hope to be back next week. Hope to be back for a few more weeks. Only time right, will yeah. tell. We'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to do the show on the, the seventh season of the show as long as the uh, the team keeps winning. Because that's uh, it allows us to keep going. Eventually, at some point, it will have to come to an end. We've never made it to 20 episodes. I think the most we've ever done is 19. I think 18 or 19 we've gotten to before. Uh, that was probably back in 2016 would be my guess. Were we weekly? Dude, I don't know. We might not have been weekly then. I have no idea. Like, Why I don't just you kinda, know these things? I just kind of show up and... <laughs> like, like, no, it, so many pe- jokes. Well, yeah. I was going to say... People might be like, oh, you know, he's like exaggerating. No, like that's that's literally that's literally it. Like I show up and I joke with you. What are we doing? Goes through, <laughs> go. He goes through the motions. He's in. He gets to collect his paycheck and he's out of here. Right. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so we're gonna be talking about the victory over York William Penn. The Bearcats got to go there for the first time for a varsity game while we've been doing the show or while we've been um, helping out, coaching, doing whatever it is that we do here for the team. Um, but Wilson and William Penn have played before, three three times before this. Um, all playoff games have all happened in the month of November uh, in the district playoffs. Uh, Wilson improved to a perfect 4-0 against, against York. Yeah, and they're one of those schools where um... – they they watch that that classification line very closely because they move up and down, they especially do, now yeah. that it's six classifications. When it was four, they were solidly in the four. Um, but when it's six, they kind of bounce back and forth between five and six. So, um, you know, they're not – Wilson and York aren't always in the same classification for playoffs and things like that. But, yeah, I know we have had them two – uh, Gursky uh, a few times, um, or at least it feels like it. Um, and I'm just trying to think when that was. I, I feel like I was at one well, of those so, games, but I'm not 100% sure about that. So they 
Actually, I believe, oh no, that was Altoona. I was going to say, I think that happened in 2007, um, but no, that's not accurate. Um, if, if, they, if they play them, it's a coincidence. I was thinking of when they had to go, I think, to one of the top seed, like one or two seed Altoona right. and, and upset them, I think, seven to six or something like that. Um, then they won the next week and then lost in overtime to Harrisburg the, right. in the semifinals, which that was controversial, as I feel like a, a bunch of them are. But uh, Wilson, York, William Penn, it, there's not a lot of history there. That was just the fourth game ever between the schools. Um, and uh, there it is. Here we go. So, the the actually, Wilson had not played them since 2009. Okay. Um, so, this is the first time that I have seen Wilson play York. Uh, but they played three out of four years uh, in the early time of Doug Doms as head coach. Uh, they they beat them in 2006, 40 to 13. They beat them in 2007, 38 to 12. Oh, sorry, it was right. It was in 2007. Right. It just wasn't the the week one uh, or the playoffs week one uh, matchups. It was, uh, I believe, a week later. They must have beat York William Penn to advance to the game against Harrisburg in the right. semifinals and then also beat them uh, in November 2009 and um, stayed perfect against them with the, the win Friday night. Uh, it was a... It was an interesting game. I feel like you and I were on the the same page when we never really felt that the game was out of reach, out of hand for Wilson. That no. not that Wilson always controlled the game, but at no point was it like we're going to lose this game. Right. So like you and I, we joke about the talks we have like in the week leading up to it and on the drive two games, especially the obviously the away games. Um, and we, we both kind of were in that spot where, I don't, I don't know, if I, I guess I'd say like cautiously optimistic, but we're cautiously confident maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. I, like I, I knew that if Wilson played like they had been playing the last five weeks, that I was confident that that would be good enough to win. Um, and I mean, I know they – it was a rocky start. You know, you uh, have the – the mix up on the snap, like again, not really exactly seeing what happened there, but like just knowing it wasn't like a normal like play where it was a forced fumble or something like that, but something happened and you know, they turn the ball over and then they get a big run from their star, you know, like, yeah, it's just all, all these things kind of at first you're like, okay, well, all right. Well, and then I'm just thinking, I'm like, there's no way they'll kick the cam. Right. And they did. And well, let me phrase that. I actually, I don't know if I said this to you or if it was just something I was thinking of. Like, there's a difference. They did not kick to Cam, but they didn't kick away from him. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. And what you cannot just you can't and get it shown this, whether him. it was the Hemfield game or whether it was this game, whether you know where they were kicking or when they ran. Like you know, they do some things to make you think they're going to give him the ball or they get him the ball. Just all kinds of stuff. You can't just kick not to him. You have to kick away from him, you know? Right. And, and like, like, like Wilson was doing, they weren't kicking to, to, to Jaheim White. White. Yeah. Like, and not just like, Oh, we're just going to kick it and see what happens. Like, but we won't try and kick it deep. No, no we were kicking specific... it away from him. Yeah. And that's what teams have tried to do, but they didn't do that on their, on that kickoff. And well, Cam made him pay. Coach Dom said in his weekly tradition club email, that goes out to everyone that's part of the, you know, a pay, dues paying member of the tradition club that he felt that their special teams w was weak, that they could exploit them 
mostly because they didn't have a kicking component. They they right. never they never that, kicked an extra hurt point. Them. They couldn't kick field goals. There was no kicker at all. Mm-hmm. And they felt that they would be better on the special teams, and they absolutely were 100% oh, absolutely. better on the special teams. Uh, they shut down all but one of their two-point tries, I know, which is more defense when it's a two-point try, but um, everything went Wilson's way in that regard. It is interesting when you talk about Cam, uh, just how absurd. He's up to seven return touchdowns for the year, four on punts, three on kickoffs. Every time I, I tweet out that update that Cam had a big return or a touchdown, you know, Paul Roberts jumps right. on. He's like, why are people ki- – how have you not well, learned Well, because he yet? sent that out. It was still September, I think, when he sent out the tweets. Like, you can't kick to him, and people still are. And, like, I, I don't know. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Keep doing it, please. I, and someone else tweeted in response to Paul – have coaches not figured out it's better to just take the penalty? Yeah, because you don't even, even have those on punts. Like, well, just right. kick it out of bounds. Right. It's, why even give up field position that leads to an easy you know quick touchdown? It? Like, I felt like, and, it, and the conditions were crazy. Township too. did the best. Township did a yeah, great Township job. Township did the best job. Which, this is, it doesn't surprise me that they would, that they would have that detail under wraps. You know, like that they wouldn't. Hempfield wasn't bad either. Wilson just had a response. Wilson right. had a way to right. set it up. They right. thought this is what they're going to do. They did. So Wilson won that chess match. Right. Township was able to neutralize it altogether. And right. like you said, the weather was also a factor. But the fact that Cam Jones hurt York, it, that's that's a problem for, for the Bearcats in their special teams game plan. It, it didn't go their way because he scored on a kickoff return, and then he took another one almost – back all the way. There was a penalty that brought it back further, but it didn't end up hurting Wilson. Wilson scored, I believe, on the next yeah, play. Yeah, the next play. A yeah. uh, big 24-yard touchdown run by Brad Hoffman. Yeah. Boy, what a game did Brad and Jaden have again. 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 A- again. For what, four weeks in a row now, is it? Four or five weeks yeah. in a row of just ground and pound. Like We talked about it last week, fi- finding that identity, and they certainly have found it. Yeah, uh, It wasn't the 64 carries for 333 yards or whatever it was uh, um, last week. But, you know, it was pretty good overall. Again, uh, 48 total rushes for 356 yards uh, and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns on, on the ground. We'll take it. So there, there were times where Wilson would get stopped for a short loss or, or no gain or maybe a small gain. But they were always able to get that like five to eight yard chunks, and then every so often they burst the ten to fifteen yard big runs. Right. Um, it like I said, the game never really felt out of out of our control. No, because once Wilson got rolling, they got up a few scores, and then they, for the most part, like stayed there, you know. Um, and and York scored a few times, but like one like that. Jaheim White is really He's outstanding. Good. Like He's well, We shouldn't really gloss good. over that. We're, we're, no, we're like, making it sound like... It's not just like, oh, he was the best player on a district-caliber team. Like, No, he... The kid's a standout. The kid's going to be playing on Saturdays. I, I don't know He's, where. Like, I don't... Well, and he's it, only a junior. To, He's right, back next exactly, year. Exactly, exactly. So, like... And their quarterback's not back next year. Yeah. Like, well, so you, you're talking about like how oh, York is one I of those... I wonder if they'll be 6A or 5A. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> York is one of those teams that, you know... T- the previous rotation before the 2021 seasons, the 18 and 19 seasons, they were 5A. Right. 
Then they got bumped up this year. Where are they going to be next time around? I just posted this week that the PIAA put out their classification parameters, meaning they have looked at all of the data submitted by the 560-plus schools that participate in, in, well, all sports, but football-specific. And they've broken it down to, all right, you know, zero to what I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's like zero to 180 or whatever, male enrollment, currently ninth to 11th grade. 9th through 11th grade is 1A. And then, you know, 181 to 260, 280, whatever it is. They did that from 1A to 6A. And 6A enrollment actually got a tad bigger last year, or the last time this happened two years ago, it was 583 and higher. Now it's 586 and higher. So it went up by just a few. The big thing that we all remember talking about is Mifflin missed out by one single person. They were at 582, meaning they're the largest... 5A school in District 3. With enrollment numbers changing, especially with the crazy stuff happening and people switching schools and virtual and charter and like how that rolls in and the co-ops and everything, numbers could fluctuate decently, um, uh, certainly by one, or yeah. now it would be four right. to get Mifflin to bump up, but then you could see teams bump down. Right. I, I think you're going to see... 6A in District 3 be between 14 and 18 schools. It's currently 17. I think the first two-year rotation, it was only 15, I think. Uh, so it does change, but you're going to see 14 to 18 schools. Wilson is firmly in 6A. We're not moving out of that. But I posted, if you're on the, the Facebook page on Wilson Bulldogs Football, I posted the f- smallest four 6A schools and the largest four 5A schools from the last time this happened, just to get an idea of who could possibly bump down and who could possibly bump up. Of course, someone could have lost a lot or gained a lot and just all of a sudden jump up. Right. Like you can see fluctuations in schools sometimes, and a class can be significantly bigger. And when I say significantly, you could talk about like 10 or 15 kids, you know, 10 or 15 male students. Like that can be a big effect depending on where you stand with these rankings right um or classifications yeah so so we'll see um harrisburg's been down in 5a before Uh, cd east is always close to that cutoff red line had been up in 6a they're down at 5a york was down at 5a they're up at 6a lebanon's been up in 6a before so it's very interesting and that's something that'll come out um just after thanksgiving or early december uh we'll see what the uh the final tallies are and what the who the opponents will be come playoff time for the 2022 and 2023 seasons. But back to now, before we get to Central York, let's finish our game recap talking about Wilson's victory over York. Let's look at a little bit more at the stats, and maybe I'll, I'll play the uh, the highlights while we're, while we're talking about it. Uh, just bring it up. There we go. All right. So statistics, you know, well, we were just talking about Jaheim White. He had... 26 carries for 227 yards, three touchdowns. He had a long of 61. He averaged 8.7 yards per carry. Wilson did a very good job against the, their main quarterback, Sam Stoner, the junior, the, the head coach's son. Uh, he was 17 of 29 for just 101 yards, and his longest pass was only 15 yards. Where they got burned was on... I was going to say, not their longest pass, was, but his was, longest yeah, pass. Yeah, was by White, the running back, also taking a 
you know, a toss and throwing it deep, you know, that, that pitch pass, that, that pitch option pass. And it, it was tough. And it, right. it, it burnt uh, Wilson uh, on a big play, a 78 yard touchdown. And that was right before half where and Wilson, I, you thought was starting to really take right, control. You're thinking, oh, they're starting to dominate. And then nope. And we were getting the ball to start the second half. Right. So you're like, oh man, we've got a couple score lead, all this stuff. And then you give up the play, and it, it took some momentum, but Wilson came out with an answer in the second half. It wasn't – that wasn't the issue. Yeah, Cam's run here. They should have had him oh, – it's tough to say. But it looked like they were going to have him in the backfield. That was me. And then see me there he goes. Yeah. And there I am There's right you. there. That's you. me. Um, Away games, you're in them a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's true. Um, but, I mean, this is all Wilson-specific highlights, so you're only going to see the, the the key Wilson plays. You're not going to see the big runs from Jaheim White or his uh, pitch pass to um, Janas Sims, who had eight catches for 105 yards and a touchdown, but 78 of them came on that pitch pass, right. which is a, a perfectly run play by them. Right, right. They did exactly what they uh, yeah. what they wanted to do. Um, so 50-32, to 32, your final score. Uh, a lot of yards for both teams, but you know when you can, are able to do it on the ground the way Wilson was, uh, they they pretty much they only they only they pump once or twice. I have the stats right here. I should probably just, we punted twice. We punted twice once yeah. once by Brad and once by Ben. Yeah. Yep. Um, time of possession really really even. Honestly, um, I thought maybe we would have had the ball a little bit more because they tended to hit on a few big plays. Right. But both teams mostly favored the run. Uh, it was kind of weird that they didn't run it the ball more. Well, especially because they were fairly successful early on. Like, not every play, but Wilson started setting the edge a little bit better, and it seemed like they were playing a little more aggressive, like after the first few like plays and, and things like that. And once our guys started flying around, we started making more plays in the backfield, and then that was that was when things turned, in my opinion. Because like, if if White got the ball and he was moving towards the line of scrimmage, we were in trouble. Um, sometimes we caught him before he was able to make that turn. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that was kind of like when you go outside. Inside, man, he he was shifty. He could get through there. Yeah, like, if he found a crease. Yeah, he was gone. He was gone, yeah. Yeah, honestly, um, it was almost – it seemed it was interesting because early on, he was getting to the outside, and that was a problem for us. But once we started setting that edge, I was kind of like, no, 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 keep trying to get outside because, like, our guys were making the right. plays, and I didn't want him because when he was going through the middle, if he made the right move or they got the right block or something, like, that was going to be a problem. So, um, but, I mean, all in all, I he, he, had, a, he had a good night. But like the York offense overall had a good night. They, their issue yeah, was they couldn't stop. They us. couldn't. They could not stop us in in any way. I mean, they actually, if you look at it, you know, compartmentalized just offense versus offense, they're pretty much toe to toe or even better than us. Twenty one first downs to nineteen uh, favor them. They got six first downs on penalty. Yeah, which not not ideal. Um, <sighs> now we had three hundred fifty six net yards rushing. They had two thirty five. I mean, neither numbers anything to sneeze at. And uh, we went one hundred and twenty more than than they did. But they had one hundred seventy nine passing yards to our forty five. So they outgained us four fourteen to four oh one. Time of possession almost even twenty three fifty six to twenty four oh four. We had the twenty four oh four. Third down conversions 
we were only one of six and they were five of 13. Now five of 13 isn't great either, but it's better than one of six. Right. Now you can say, well, maybe we, we didn't face as many third down situations because we were able to pick up enough yardage to constantly right. have right. first downs, but we only had 19 and they had 21. Right. So um, we were getting the job done, putting a 50, a 50 burger. That's the, yeah. I mean, that's 50 great. points that's in great. district playoffs. Yeah. Like, Excellent. Especially on the road. A team that was ranked higher than you. All right. So um, very, very, very strong night from the offense once again, getting the job done like they have uh, this entire week. I mean, just think about that. You know, seven weeks ago, we were sitting here talking after losing the Manheim Central and sitting at two and three. Did you ever think this team's destined for the district semifinals and we're going to do it all on the ground? We didn't know I, what to I think. say. I say no, but like I wouldn't have ruled it out. Like I, we we've been talking about this on the show for a long time, and it probably at least, especially back then, it probably sounded like oh, just you know, trying to take some positive spin. But like, no, it was it was the truth then, and it's the truth now. There was only one, you know, even after the two and three start, there was only one goal off the table, and that was beating Mifflin. Like that was the only goal that he said at the beginning of the season that was no longer on the table. And this team rallied around. They started making improvements. They found their identity, like we kind of talked to uh, Coach Doms about, and like last week, and just have have embraced it. And honestly, we'll we'll hear a bit, a little bit about that in a bit from some of the guys about how they just embrace this because it's what this team does well, and they're making the most of it. Like, hey, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think Dendel says it in there when he's like, you know, it's it's, it's we not me or some something like that. Yeah, you know, like, um, so it, it it that's the attitude you want your guys to have, and For sure. they've embraced it. And man, it's it's a lot of fun, and I hope they can keep it rolling. We'll we'll see. Cam Jones had three kickoff returns for 168 yards. He had, uh, oh, excuse me, that was. No, that was it. Yeah, he didn't get to return any 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 punts. So three for one sixty eight and a score on kickoff returns. He had one catch for four yards. He had one rush for twenty eight yards, which was the touchdown. His older brother Jaden twenty two rushes, one hundred fifty five yards and two scores. Uh, he also chipped in one catch for twenty three yards, and which was a great play. It was a great play. It was yeah, getting him out in space like that. Yeah. It, was, it worked to perfection. Uh, quarterback Brad Hoffman had 17 carries for 178 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so just workmanlike numbers, 48 total team rushes, um, you know, 39 of them coming from Brad Hoffman and Jaden Jones. Uh, defensively speaking, for the Bulldogs, uh, Cam Jones had seven uh, total tackles, one and a half for loss. It was nice to see him fly up and help in the running game against uh, Jaheim White. Uh, his cornerback partner Eric Jackson six and a half total with one and a half, or excuse me, one for loss. Um, and your your safeties are up next: Josh Drake and Gannon Brubaker. Five total tackles for Drake and four for Gannon. Um, Gannon also had an interception. We thought we had another interception by TJ to end yeah. a York scoring drive, but that one was waved off because of a penalty in the backfield. Um, there was definitely some animated coaches on the sideline for parts of that one drive that York ended up scoring a touchdown. A couple questionable calls. Um, the refs didn't like the uh, the chippiness from the sideline at that point, um, basically telling the coaches to uh, cut it out. 
Um, Some, I but, feel like I feel like that happens sometimes when they know they were wrong. Like, right? You know, yeah, they're embarrassed, so they just want you. To- or especially in football, when it's not necessarily like so. Some of those calls were on the side of the field I was on, which is not the guy who's standing on the sideline has to hear it from the team. You know, right. like sometimes it's like they're yelling at the guy, and the guy's like, well, "I don't. What do you want me to do?" You know, I'm not saying literally, right. what, but like, you know, not all the time, but yeah. Um, it was in, it was interesting, but yeah, it always is. It always right. is. Uh, so, but like I, our defense was flying around and hitting guys, um, which was which was good to see. Like they were really flying around. I thought they looked like they were really hitting well in the game. Um, the one that sticks out to me was <laughs> the play, the interception before half. Yeah, when Ramsey unloaded on Stoner. He, broke him like he hit him good yeah it was yeah, a good good hit like but just um yeah he just kind of came across and just whew, and the throw ended up not getting quite as far as it needed to and Gannon was there so um yeah defense really really stepped up um and I, I know that's like we gave up a lot of yards and stuff like that but it's different you know like they they made plays when they needed to um, yeah, it would have been nice to stop them a couple more times, but we we were scoring and, you know, some of that, you know, all right, there, there's a trick play. And, yeah, you want to stop that. But, you know what, it also looks different because I wouldn't have known that Jaheim White was left-handed, you know, right. like. Now we do. Right, right. <laughs> For so sure. Like, um, so, it, 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 all of those things. So. I'm not familiar with how much York loses, you know, on the trenches and elsewhere, but having Stoner and White back, obviously that's pretty good returning core, um, having quarterback and a stud running back back like yeah, that. It'll I'll, be interesting to see if they're able to take the York Adams next year with what Central York is going to leave, and we'll have more on Central York here in, in a little bit. Right. Uh, but th- I think they suffered graduation losses after last year and, and certainly even more after this year. So maybe York William Penn will be the be the team to beat next year in the, yeah, in be the York Adams League. It'd be interesting if that game is a uh, Week 10 matchup again like it was this year. Yeah, so I, look I think at it. it usually is because I think it's right. the rivalry game and last year or this year was at Central York. Well, and so. I told you, I think those schools actually used to be extremely close like geographically central york in the last decade has moved their campus out it's still not far but like um they used to be very close thankfully they moved it east so so that our trip is slightly 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 east but yeah yeah so um yeah it'll be interesting to see like um yeah young quarterback young running back um yeah it was It'll be interesting to watch, you know, and like I said, like you said, it'll be interesting to see if they're in five A or six A, because we may not get a close look at that if they're if they're five. But uh, yeah, well, with uh, they definitely have some pieces returning. So with uh, Mifflin's Nick Singleton moving on after this year in graduation and moving on to to Penn State at the moment, um, White should I think get a lot of focus because he's really good. Yeah, he's going to be one. I know he's already getting. He's going to be one of the best running back in. District three next year. I can't imagine he doesn't get power five offers. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, like I feel like, like those coming. are coming. I feel like yeah. they have to be. Uh, yeah, because he he's very very talented. Very well, and talented. I hope I hope you know I don't know if he plays basketball or if he does track or you know any of that other stuff. But like you have to think like he's going to start hitting the camps and things mm-hmm. like that this summer. And, yeah, or spring and summer. So yeah, it's uh, 
it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, the kid, you could you could tell right there, like he he's a good running back. Much like the last, you know month plus of the season i mean really the six game winning streak and i feel like throughout all six of these games the same handful of people are up for player of the game and it you know comes down to the offensive line which we gave it to um, uh was it last week two weeks ago two weeks ago two weeks ago was the offensive line you know it's gone to we talked to them last week that's right we they got the award two weeks ago we talked to them in the cold and rain that's right and uh it could be them because of what they've been able to do to help out uh, Jaden Jones, who had another phenomenal night, and his brother Cam. What what he does, you know, even if he's not involved in the offensive side all that much, although we did get to see him have a rushing touchdown Friday night. What he does in the return game, switching field position or scoring, yeah, it's not game just changers. it's not just the it's not just the touchdowns. It's the seventy yard returns where he sets up the touchdown, or when they kick it and they're only kicking it and we get it at our 40 you know like it's a huge component it's a third of the game and it's very important and something that wilson doesn't overlook and the way cam's been able to uh take that to another level this year is insane um he is over a thousand total return yards punt and kick combined um it also makes me go back and think about how how much of a weapon it was last year when jack wagner was booting it like into the end zone every Every, time almost every kick i'll tell you what like Seeing like Ben, Ben's in tenth grade, yeah. but like his kicks when when he kicks them deep, and they haven't done that like well the rain and things like that. But with Ivy two weeks ago, and then with um, Jaheim White, White yeah. this week, um, you know they they've been kind of more directional kicking, but like he can boot it like to like the five yep. there, and so I'm sure he can he get it two there. more years to go, right? So like you know he's going to get there. But, like, man, that's such a weapon. That's such a weapon in high school football to be able to boot and it into the And we saw the flip side of that where York didn't have it. Right, right. They had no answer for the kicking game, nothing right. to do with that. Uh, but then the only person that I didn't mention that we've been, you know, talking about of how good they've played of late um, is is Brad Hoffman. And um, we went with him over Jaden uh, and Cam this week just because he ended up having more touchdowns and more yards. I don't. Is that fair? I don't know. But this is our show, so that's what we're going to go with. Uh, but it's, yeah, Brad, Jaden, Cam, offensive line. Um, it, it's just that that's been the story. I, I think everyone ex- ex- has expected the defense to play the way they have been playing and playing very, very well. But that seems to be an entire unit working cohesively. There's not been one standout guy. We've mentioned a few all the time Ramsey, Memo, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, TJ Flight. I think Memo had a sack. Yeah. Um, but they're all working so well in unison. No one has stepped up. And I shouldn't phrase it that way, you know. Right. Been this overwhelming. Right. They've stepped up as a unit. Yeah. Like, it's just been right. just this this group work that we haven't been able to single out a specific defensive performance because it's just been a collective effort. Right. Um and, and the offense always gets the accolades. Let's face it, unless right. you have some ridiculous uh, defensive, you know, pick six or multiple sacks or things like that. It's tough to, to earn those awards. Like Josh Allen today. <laughs> Josh Allen on ja- Josh Allen crime. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we're going to go with Brad Hoffman for uh, his uh, performance Friday night in the victory over York. And that, uh, that is, he's now won a couple of these awards. 
Um, but we didn't we didn't want to talk to um, Brad and Jaden or Cam again. You know, we've talked to them a bunch. We talked to the offensive line last week. Uh, there's another component to this renewed focus on the rushing attack, and it's a group that doesn't get talked about in this fashion much at all. And that's a bunch of the wide receivers because in an offense that now is barely throwing the ball five to 10 times a game, they don't get a lot of opportunities to make plays with the ball in their hands, but we haven't heard them complaining or making excuses in any capacity. And we wanted to say, Hey, what's this about? What do you think about this rushing attack? And when the time comes, these guys have made plays. TJ had a would be interception, but makes some other plays. I know he gets some of like the shovel pass, like, you know, coming across sometimes. Dendel had the huge catch last week. Like the guys are accepting their role and making the most of it and being ready when they're called upon. And it's working. Wilson on a six game winning streak. So here we are. We're going to talk to Sean Dendel, TJ flight and Evan Williams after Wilson's victory over York. All right, we're here post-game with a few of our receivers from the victorious Wilson Bulldogs team moving on in the District 3 playoffs, beating York tonight in York 50-32. to Guys, the last few weeks, there haven't been a lot of balls in the air for you to catch, but you've been doing your job on the ground, blocking for Jaden and Brad. What does it feel like to be asked to do that instead of catching the ball and making some big plays? We know what it takes to win, and obviously it's working, so we're going to keep pushing we know, we know what we need to do. It's a team. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a team game. That's what it was. It's it's me over I. That's no selfishness at all. Now, what was it like in practice this week leading up to this game, knowing that you wanted to continue to pound the rock, the identity you formed? Did you do anything different, or is just pretty much uh, play the way you've been? Yeah, just the way we've been. Just been. intense, intense, intense. It was a big game, and we executed, and we did it. If it worked, no stop. All right, now you guys get the opportunity to take on the number one seeded Central York team next week. Uh, hopefully, a week from now, maybe we get to talk to you guys again after another victory. Yeah, All let's right. do it. Go get warm, guys. All right. All right, so um, short and sweet interviews over the last three weeks. The elements, um, rain or, or cold, um, we like to keep them, keep them short and sweet. Uh, and also when it's a road game, it's a pinch to get guys – to get the food in on the bus and out of there. So uh, we, we know what they're focused on, and, and it's definitely the food. And we heard that Coach uh, uh, Brandon Doms last week talk about uh, bribing his offensive line and rewarding his line with food. And hey. the same thing goes, you know, talking to the skill players too. Right, yeah. Yeah, th- those guys usually, yeah, it, they are laser-focused, not just during <laughs> the game, but after the game as well. Get warm, eat food, yeah, right. get on the bus, and get home. But I mean, it's been a total team effort, and they've all bought in. Like I mean, you could tell there's no no one's hanging their head, no doing the, the diva NFL wide receiver thing where I only care if I get my stats. No, it's all about the team. You mean like leaving your team and then they put up 41 points? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but these guys have been doing a great job, and uh, winning cures all. Or it should, and especially it does so at the high school level because you're playing for your your teammates, for your coaches, right. for your school. Uh, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. So well, you know what? And that that statement right there just takes me back to uh, after one of the games this year when we saw Caleb Brown, and he said he's like he's like you don't realize it until you're on, and he he's he's moved on to the to the next thing, and it's a great thing, and he he's he's loving it. But like it's he different. said, it's different. He's like he, he immediately understood. Like what? What all the guys who come back and say, "Oh, you know what? I wouldn't give for one more game." You know all that stuff. 
And he's like, I get it now. He's like, I understand. He's like, and that's not like bad. It's just the way it is. And, you know, it's hard to recognize those things when, when you're in the moment, but uh, hopefully they can uh, keep it rolling. So that's it. I think for our recap of the win against York gets Wilson uh, back into the playoffs and back in with a victory after, excuse me, after missing last year because of the, the COVID truncated season and the reduction of the playoff field, Wilson missed out on the playoffs for the first time since I think 2005, maybe. I don't even know. I, I think they had made it every year that coach Dom's has, has been the head coach. So I think it was uh, the fall of 2005 was the last time I believe Wilson missed the playoffs until COVID year last year. Uh, there's still raw feelings about that. <laughs> so uh, I was going to say, do you want to expand upon no, that? No, let's not. <laughs> let's not go into that anymore. Uh, we're moved on, right? We moved on. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. clearly, clearly you've moved but on. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We got, we got the win, ready to roll, and now we get to, what's the reward? Go back to York to play the number one seeded team, undefeated Central York. But before we talk about the team our team that pre- went to the state championship right, the, last the year. Defending district champs and state runners up. That's all we have to do. It's fine. But before we do that, let's do a little bit of our uh, our announcements and our, our housekeeping here on the Bulldog Hour. First up, um, uh, just oh, a week ago, um, the Wilson football and community lost someone else near and dear to the program. Uh, it was Mr. Uh, Jim Lippincott. He was a graduate of the Wilson High School class of 1946, and, and he was an, an original uh, Prexy, as Wilson was known as the president back in the 1940s and 50s. He was a member of the first Wilson football team that fall in 1945. And he is the one that threw the first ever touchdown pass in program history against the Reading JVs. And that would end up actually being Wilson's first victory that game. And uh, Mr. Lippincott wasn't just great on the football field. He was also great in a variety of sports at Wilson, which led him to be inducted as the in- part of the inaugural class of the Athletic Hall of Fame in 1986. And many people over the last few dec- decades recognize him from being at a multitude of Wilson of, of, of sporting events, especially football, where for a long time he was part of the chain gang. And when he wasn't doing that anymore, he was on the sidelines cheering on the team. Uh, so... He passed away uh, last Sunday on Halloween, which coincidentally was also his birthday at the age of 94. And uh, Mr. Lippincott um, was was an, was a very fun and interesting man to talk to. It was always I always enjoyed our conversations. Um, and as one of the, the last members of the uh, first football team, it, it was very important in, in Wilson history. Um, so our, our thoughts are with his family and friends and. Uh, well, Big Jim will be missed. All right, we want to thank our sponsors of the Bulldog Hour, especially my dad, Bill Mays, and Mays Sandwich Shop for being with us from day one, and as well as our latest sponsor, Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com. It's all over the place covering Wilson stuff this weekend. Uh I know he, there was an article on the girls' soccer team and Alexis uh, Salt it was kind of like part of the big story there um, in their district championship game. But also, uh, Jason Garante was at the game, you know, covering. Uh, was Wilson the game of the week again? I think yes, we, yes, were. we were. Yep, go big recruiting game of the week. Yep, so. go big recruiting.com game of the week for I think the 
fifth time this year. I know for sure Central Dolphin, Mifflin, and Exeter, I believe. Yeah. Were, It'll be interesting to see. I think Hemfield. So we this might have been the sixth because I think Hemfield right, and Manheim Township were. Is also, he going to put it up again this week? I mean, I imagine he would. Like. I, I feel like it, it could be Mifflin Warwick. Right, I agree. I agree. But, Wilson but he's already. I think he already wrote about how like last last year's game that didn't happen. Yeah, that been, was going to be, yeah. be the, the Warwick clash of the Titans. The near the same. Don't get me wrong. Players. Don't get me wrong. Like Warwick made the playoffs. They won their game last week. Mm-hmm. But I can't get a the, Warwick lost to Penn Manor. Right. Like I. I, and, on that last second and, Hail Mary. Absolutely. But. And we know, we've seen this. Anything can happen on any Friday. But, like, I I think Mifflin – it's not going out on a limb to say I think Mifflin's going to I think Mifflin's going to beat them. On, I on, think Mifflin's going to mercy night. rule them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it would have been an incredible game to see last year. That was the district championship game. That was a forfeit victory for the Mustangs because of COVID. What else would have caused that? Um but yeah, uh, Mike Drago, MikeDragoSports.com, and and his his slew of, of beat writers have been covering a lot, not just Burke's football teams, but you mentioned uh, soccer all over boys and girls soccer, uh, and unfortunately the, the Wilson girls fell just short to undefeated Central Dolphin, who both boys and girls are undefeated. They're like forty four and zero. Yeah, those two and teams and won both district have, titles. Like favored to compete for state ch- championships you know um the girls have had a great year and the year continues right like they're, they're well, not and done that's the, but the nice thing about field hockey girls volleyball and girls soccer all still competing in states right. because you don't have to win districts to make it they advance um variety of of right. schools advance that, that don't win the district and which district is again three back is from huge. last year i believe right. last, last year, year that district champs happen. only that's why the Wilson girls volleyball team, who had a splendid year last year as well, they didn't get to make states despite being district runner-up last right. year because COVID was you're only taking district champs. So this is the first year ever that Wilson girls yeah. volleyball has advanced to the the state tournament. So congratulations to them and good luck to uh, field hockey and girls soccer as they continue into state playoffs this upcoming week. Um, that is one thing that was mentioned on the MikeDragoSports.com podcast this week with. Uh, Rod Frisco from District yeah. Three and from Eric Epler from Penn Live. It's a great listen. One thing they mention, they, they talk about the history of the District Three playoffs and how that was in the early days. You know, they started in 1982. The state playoffs started in 1988. But Mike and Rod talk about how football is the only sport where you got to win your district to even right. compete in states. Um, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting talk with Rod Frisco. Like, you know, you kind of think of him as like Mr. District three, like, and I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, just, he knows so much. Right. Like of that district three, like yeah, his history and, and things. Like, his he, stats, he's been around for all of it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, he, yeah. before he was with district three, which I think he came in yeah. like 2011 or 2012. So he's been there just over a decade, right. but he was doing it for Penn live right. beforehand. He, right. he covered Harrisburg it for News. like Harrisburg, which, you know, kind of centered. And he, all there I think and he kind of did it on his own. I think he had yeah. his own site. Cause I feel right. like when I first started doing this for, for Wilson in 2010, 2011 and early 2012, maybe right when he left and went to district three, I was going to his website all the time for right. information. Right. When you needed information on the district, you didn't go to, to the dist- District 3 yeah. website. You went to Rod, Rod Frisco. Frisco's website. Yeah. yeah so uh, so it is a, it's a great listen on MikeDragoSports.com podcast uh, from this past week. I don't know who is on Mike's show this week, um, but I'm sure the Bulldogs will come up in conversation. Um, also, thank you to our sponsors at CNS Supply Company and Al Wicks. 
uh, Andy Herr, Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors. And uh, there's multiple ways you can support us here besides sponsorship, advertising, and the in-kind donations. Please visit BulldogHour.com for all your information, past and present, on the football team. And Justin's favorite, like and share. And that is a great way to help us out. I already mentioned this, but we'll uh, reinforce it. We have a show next week. Yeah. And we will be back next Sunday, November 14th at 8.30 on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. All right. So that's out of the way. Quickly, the schedule collapsing quickly, but still alive, still playing this Friday, November 12th, District 3, 6A semifinals. And Wilson is going back to York for the second straight week to play a York Adams team. This time, the defending District 3, 6A champions and state runner-up, Central York and blue chip quarterback recruit Bo Pribula? Pribula? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've heard it said a bunch of different ways, but he is committed to Penn State. I was going to say, Central York's Penn State recruit. (laughs) Central York's Penn State recruit, quarterback Bo. Uh, It's a little bit of a different offense that's going to be thrown out at our Wilson defenders this week because he's a dual threat option at quarterback. He's a great passer. He's a great runner. I don't know much about their weapons. I don't know if his weapons are the same caliber as they were last year. I feel like they lost... They took some graduation hits in that yeah uh, that area. I, I feel like they did, but at the same time, I feel like you also get a g- year of growth out of your out of your power five quarterback. So like that, and also helps. they're ten and zero. Right, that helps adjust. Yeah, uh, the only game they've lost in the last two years is the state championship game, the St. Joe's Prep. Yes. Um. So that's not really a a knock on, on against anyone. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're the real deal. Um, you know, however, that's not to say that I don't think Wilson has a shot that what, what Wilson needs to do is go in and play the way they're capable of playing. And we've seen Wilson play a lot closer to their ability level the last six the weeks. last the last six weeks and we need to continue that trend in play and this this isn't because it's central york this is because it's the district, district playoffs. playoffs like no mistakes right you need it like you need to be get, getting better and if they play if wilson plays the best that they can first of all what what more can you ask for right two like I think that's going to give us a shot in the game. Like, oh, absolutely! Like, we especially absolutely the shot. way the way Wilson's playing right now. Like, this this should surprise no one. But Wilson's going to have to be able to run the ball, right? Right. They they have to be able to run the ball. They cannot turn it over, and we can't turn it over. And we have to avoid giving up the big plays on off or, or when we're on defense to their right. offense. No interceptions and fumbles, and no plays. You know, over like. 30 yards, 25, right. whatever you cut off you want to give. You cannot give up right. big plays like that. There were too right. many of those last week. We were able to surprise, survive because of the off- the defense right. could not stop. York's defense could not stop us. Central York is better in every facet. This is the best team that Wilson's right. played this year. We have four games in common with Central York. Right. Remember, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, Central York beat Exeter at Exeter in the delayed week one game that got moved to Saturday, right. 35 to 28. Exeter was very close to pulling Exeter, that upset. Right. Exeter had the ball inside the 10 and couldn't score a, a bunch couple of times. times. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah, because we talked to Paul Roberts when he was yeah. on our show uh, early in the season 
uh, he talked about that game that Exeter hung in there with Central York. Now they they beat Cumberland Valley the next week, twenty-one to three, and then in week three they beat Hempfield, thirty-five to twenty-one. So Hempfield, you know, Wilson lost right. to Exeter, but Wilson beat Hempfield. Have that in common with Central York. Um, then Central York beat uh, was awarded a forfeit victory against Red Lion. They then crushed Dover sixty-eight to twenty-one. Southwestern sixty to nothing. Spring who Grove beat this past week. Southwestern, yes. Yeah. Uh, Spring Grove, um, who I believe is the uh, the third best team in the York Adams, whatever York Adams won, whatever they call that. Uh, Spring Grove, they Central York beat them forty eight seventeen. Then Northeastern Central York beat them fifty three to seven. Then Dallas Town, who's an interesting team because they Dallas Town also played. And beat Manheim Township and played and lost to Hempfield. Central York beat Dallas Town 31 to 21. And then finally, in the regular season finale in, in the rain and the terrible weather, Central York beat York William Penn 60 to 14. Yeah. So, I mean, there should have been um, red flags about the York defense after that game, but they're also going up against Central York, who, like you said, only loss in the last two years is in the state championship game, and they have a you also you know, blue chip like, quarterback. Yeah, but Central York also only gave up 14 points to William Penn, who, right. you know, like we saw, they, they can they, they can, can score. They can score and they can put them up. So, like, up the, the defense looks like they're legit, and I would say based on this past week, their first-round playoff game, the defense, you know, appears to be – you know, solid. Um, right. So they also played Manheim Township. First round of playoffs, Central York beat Manheim Township 26 to 14. So are they beatable? Sure. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. They are the best team that Wilson has faced this year. Wilson is going to have to play a flawless game. No turnovers, very few penalties. And it, it'll come down to... It, all bunch of sports cliches, it's football cliches. It'll come down to the line. Can they keep the Wilson offense going and not force, you know, third third and long where we have to pass because we just haven't been able to do that very well this year. Um, the running game has just been another level over the last six weeks. If the offensive line can give Jaden and Brad time and then the defensive line can contain. Right. Pribula, because he does his he, – he's a very good throwing quarterback, but I feel like he's best on the move. He's better on the move. Right. Right. So if they can keep him in the pocket and well, have and him force some moves, throws. that is going to force the coverage to hold up longer. and it hold, right. Lots of things can go wrong. <laughs> and so you need to contain and let your coverage like stay true and – you need to play disciplined, you know, and, uh, you know, we talk about the discipline a lot when we're playing teams like, like Mifflin or things like that. But the discipline here is to just know your assignment, play your assignment and trust that the other guys are going to hold up their end of the assignment as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tall task, but you know, it's something that they can, uh, they can do. And I, I think we've been building towards it for the last six weeks. So, um, you know, while, while I would say we certainly haven't faced a team like central York, like we've faced Mifflin who is really good 
it's completely different style than what we're going to be getting out of Central York. Oh, yeah. Sorry, um, I guess I was discounting Mifflin saying Central York's the best team we played this yeah. year. I guess I should take that back because Mifflin's the best team we faced this year. Right. I do not think Central York is better than Mifflin. So that no, was, I, that was I, me just I, like kind of – I don't want right. to remember the Mifflin right. games. So right. I just we that blocked out. that out. I blocked that one out, but yeah. like, But it is a completely different style. Oh, completely, yeah. Like, so um, – and I think – but if you look at it on on from the Central York standpoint, are we the best team that they've played? Yeah, well, let me. Like, can I say it this way? I, Central York is the best six A team we've played this year. That one, that's that works. better. That's worse. That's better. And but looking at their schedule, like I, I think you could make a strong argument that we're the best team. Well, that this all played. comes down to the Exeter argument, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. Well, that was back in week one, so I blocked that out. That, that was Exeter and Central York week one. And that was before we've been able to do what we've been able to do. And so I would like to play Exeter again because I think that would go way differently. I think it would be different now. I don't know if the the only stat that matters with score, like if, if it changes, I, I don't know. But I think the game is definitely certainly different the way Wilson's playing now right. versus what, the way we were I playing mean, in week if two. If you can look at it of who beat who, you know, and that doesn't always work as we've discussed many mm-hmm. times this season. Um on their schedule, I feel like the best team should be us. Most people would probably say Exeter. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. So, but either us or Exeter, right? It yeah. would would be Central York's most uh, difficult game this season. They play Central York in Week One, and hopefully, we can make them play us. The la- their last game yeah. is against us. That would be great. That would be great. So that game will be back in York Friday night, seven o'clock. Uh, it's supposed to be a little warmer this week, which is nice. But my wife was quick to point out that in the two-week forecast, the only time it's supposed to rain is Friday night. So <laughs> Good, great, grand great. Wonderful. That's awesome. Uh, does that play into our hands? I, I thought it would. Play, I don't know. They a just put bit. up sixty in the rain two weeks <laughs> <Right>. ago. What <laughs> one? I thought it would help us a little bit more against Manheim Township. We still won. Great, sixty-six rushes for three hundred thirty-three yards. No one's going to argue about that. It, it certainly helped us out uh, a, a bit, I guess. But yeah, York uh, Central York put up sixty points against York in that same condition. So uh, clearly, there were some issues right. there as well. On the other hand, we just put up fifty against York. So sure, yeah, yeah. You know. Hey, any given Friday, right? That's, hey, and like, here's the thing. It, it doesn't really matter if in the big picture people think Central York's the better team as long as you win on Friday night. Right. <laughs> like, you want to turn some heads? Have this Wilson team that was two and three halfway through the year beat 10 and well, 11 and well, 0 Central York at their place. We said it though. We said it then. Like, would you want to play a Wilson team that had one out, which they did, and then like makes the district playoffs. Like, would you be like, oh yay, we've got Wilson coming? Probably not. Do you think Central like, York was happy they had to play Township and Wilson back to back? Probably not thrilled about it. No. Where Harrisburg gets Carlisle and Hempfield. Although I don't want to sneeze at Hempfield after what they did to see hey, East this past oh week. My Congratulations to George Ager oh and the job he did. Goodness. I did not see that coming. Especially because no, when we first got the score, 35 to 2 Right. I was like, well, Makai Flowers certainly didn't play in that game. Right, he had like, to be. We're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like I didn't think he'd have that big of an effect on the offense. Nope, and he, he played. played. He played. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't know how they snuck that one through because last I had seen, he was ineligible for the playoffs after his transfer. 
Um, clearly that wasn't the case. Or CD East was like, no one will know, right? No, I don't want to spread that room. That'd be terrible. Um, <laughs> he clearly, he played in the game because I read the recap on the matter. box score. <laughs> did not matter. Hemfield dominated CD East, the three seed. Yeah. Pure domination at Central Dolphin Middle School at, at a Speed Ebersol, uh, Landis Field, Speed Ebersol Stadium. Hemfield took it to him, so they their reward is to play this Saturday at Harrisburg now. Yeah, who so, took it to Carlisle? Who, who beat up on Carlisle, who had uh, upset CDs the week before, right. To even make the playoffs, so yeah, a whole bunch of stuff going on. But we're left with yeah, CD East was putting together a pretty good season. They, they were they lost they, to Carlisle and then got last, smoked by Hemfield. yeah. Last two weeks, not not great for them. They've got a, a young coach um, who had them going in the right direction, just fell apart a little bit at the end, yeah. but. So four teams left in the District 3 6A playoffs. Number one seed, Central York. Number two seed, Harrisburg, whose only loss this season is at Governor Mifflin. Number one, five one seed. Like when they scheduled the game on like Wednesday. Yeah, like yeah, three days at notice. And their freshman quarterback didn't play. Number five seed, that would be us, Wilson. And number six or yeah, number six seed, Hemfield. So it's one versus five and two versus six. So. Just like everybody expected. Just, just as we Actually, we Honestly, kind of called it because we're like, anything can happen. I would classify this under the anything can happen. And, and we're still at the point where if you give me one of Central York or Harrisburg, I'll take the field. If you give me Central York or Harrisburg against the field, I'll, t- I'll take the top two seeds. We're, we're whittling that down. I hope we whittle it down a lot I hope this we, week. I hope we cut it in half. I hope it's five or six the next week. That's That what would be awesome because you know what that would mean. <laughs> Home game at Gursky. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Although it would be interesting if Hemfield beats Harrisburg. Now they come off beating CD East at CD East, beating Harrisburg at Harrisburg, and now you get to welcome them to Gursky. Well, I think we saw we saw their potential kind of go when they went to that like that passing game in in against us. They hadn't really done that. They hadn't really opened it up like that this year. They run a very different style. And then, at, kind of out of necessity, they they changed what they were doing, and they did it really well. And they did it really well. And week ten, they didn't really need it. But last week, like from what I saw in the game, it sounds like they ran an offense, an offensive they plan had, very similar to what they ran against us. And a great us. defensive performance. Yeah, um, at least one pick six, I believe. Yeah, uh, they surrendered those two points to them. You know, like CDs didn't even score themselves right. uh, or, or, right. and the defense didn't give up the points no <laughs> so and that, i mean that's scary i mean i obviously ll team i'd love to see hemfield beat harrisburg and uh and hopefully we can beat central york and make it an all ll final after an all york final last year yeah um we'll we'll, we'll see but oh, Wilson, man, that would that would have some mid pen people really really <laughs> anxious like Two straight years of uh, mid-pen team not even making the final. Hey, there's only one of them left now. I know. Yeah. We've played Central York three times prior. All of them came during uh, head coach Doug Dom's uh, reign as the top guy. Doug's been here for so long. You know, obviously, they've probably every heard. Yeah, <laughs> probably every game has happened with, with him at the helm at some point. But as head coach, Wilson's played Central York three times. Again, all in the playoffs. A win in 2009, 34-7. A win in 2012, 35-10. I remember that one. And then a win in 2016, 55-23. We were at that one as well. So Wilson, yes, once again, playing a York Adams opponent, coming in with an unblemished record at 3-0. and 
just like this past week where Wilson went to 4-0 against York. Hopefully Wilson can get to 4-0 against Central York this Friday. But again, we can't say it enough that it will take a supreme effort, flawless execution from the Bulldogs for that to happen. And of course, Justin and I will be there helping out and reporting on it. And we will be back here in one week's time to tell you how the game went. Yeah, and hopefully adding a show and, onto our calendar. And then hopefully saying we'll be back for episode 18. And, uh, yeah, that'd be something. And like like so many people have said, hey, it doesn't matter what you do in the first five weeks once you make the playoffs. Right. Hey, if, if people were like, hey, you know, you might only beat them a couple out of ten times. Well, that's fine. If, if, this is, if this is one of those times, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, like our supporter and sponsor, Andy Her was saying – Wilson's basically been playing playoff games since week six. Yeah, and the way it unfolded, it was it actually it wasn't just hyperbole. The, the winner go home for all those games. Yeah, if Wilson has if Wilson lost any game since the Manheim Central game, the season the season's over. would would have been done last week. So yeah, yeah, yeah big wins against Penn Manor, McCaskey, and and Cedar. And while the, you seem to overlook those, like that built you, you lose momentum. any right, and if you lost any of those, your season's over. Yeah. Well, season was over at ten weeks. You, but they built momentum, they got confidence, and then they went into huge stakes, win or go home games at Hemfield versus Manheim Township, win those undefeated in the league, section champions, and now they went uh, as road warriors to, to uh, technically seed-wise upset York, and now they got the big one. So yeah, yeah. Uh, great turnaround, great story. Uh, let's get to win nine and be back here to talk about the potential for win 10 and a opportunity to play for the teams. I think it would be eighth district championship then. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it going for sure. So I think that's it. Anything else for you, from you, Justin, anything else to say? No, no, <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're out of here. So that's the bulldog hour for this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope we will see you right back here in one week's time. I'm Joe Mays. He's Justin Raffoff. Until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.